Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. All right, everybody, welcome. This is a seller roundtable number three with our all-star host, guest host, and guest Barkus Patty from Sixly. And uh, welcome, Barkus. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me. Yeah. All right, Lee. We are going to be talking about um, Amazon product launching today. Um, first things first. I'm going to pop up a quick poll. Which is always fun, right? Everyone loves polls. All right, here we go. We would, we're, we're asking how many launches have you done? And uh, this will be a good one so that we can uh, kind of gauge the audience here on, uh, on skill level for launching. Uh, all right, looks like most people have done uh, at least one, which is cool. All right, we got more than 20. I'm guessing that's Amy and Barkus, <laughs> <are> probably, uh, <laughs> probably in that category. Um, 10 to 20. Uh, yeah, it's a decent, decent spread here. Okay, cool. So, um, let's see, Marcus, did you want me to, um, to share my screen or do you want to just see your, our, our uh, beautiful faces as we do this? You can do whatever you want, man. This all is, right. uh, this is your show. All right. All right. Um, so, uh, let's, let's do Let's do a screen share then. And we can, uh, first things first, uh, usually what we do is we, uh, we do, if you haven't been on this, uh, on our side round table before we do kind of a, uh, little, uh, training session where we kind of just kind of teach you guys, uh, kind of, and as, as step-by-step as possible, how to, um, how to do these things and actually make sure I'm going to mute everybody here real quick. Um, if you guys want to, um, ask a question, we'd love if you, if you do it, um, over voice and video, um, if you're too shy to do that, then just go ahead and pop it in the chat. Um, and you can you can put it into the chat as we're talking if you want, so you don't forget. Um, and then, so we're going to give you some instruction, and then after that, we're going to do a Q and A. And then um, after that, I'm going to just uh, you know kind of ask uh, Marcus a little bit about. Uh, actually, we'll start with Marcus about a little bit about his background, what he's doing, what he's up to, where he is, uh, you know, good stuff like that. So, all right, Marcus, tell everybody oh. about about yourself. Besides having um, an epic beard, start with yeah, yeah. an epic beard. I got that on Amazon too. There you go. Um, <laughs> so uh, I work for Six Leaf. My official title is Chief Success Officer, which really just allows them to give me a bunch of stuff to do. Uh, <laughs> but the, I guess the focus is really trying to make sure that that not only the customers have a great experience, but then also um, the employees and support and sales have all the tools necessary to deliver that experience. So anyway, um, I've been here for almost four years of May, maybe four years or so. Before that, I did all kinds of stuff, um, retail sales, wholesale sales. Um, I was an insurance adjuster for about five years. Um, so wide range of, of, of stuff. This is, a, this is an interesting industry because it, it, it moves very, very quickly. And I feel very fortunate to be in a space where I have access to a lot of people in the industry and also access you know, like working for six leave access to a lot of data where we could see trends maybe a little bit quicker than somebody would have one or two products. Mm-hmm. Um, so that definitely helps with my brand. I have my own brand. Obviously I'm 
I make something in the background. Uh, here. <laughs> right. um, I have my own line of, uh, it's a, uh, I do things a little bit differently than most sellers. I manufacture my own line of, of beard oils. Um, and uh, they're in the handmade category. And I actually do quite a bit locally and through my own site. Um, and, and then I've got them on Amazon, obviously, as well. So I'm always learning just as much as everybody else is. Uh, my wife is, uh, she's a trademark attorney and kind of in the same space. So that really, really, um, we get to talk about a lot of different things. And, and uh, we were talking today about um, hijackers and how they take over uh, brand registries now. They're like they have actually hijacked trademarks and patents, so which is a very like a completely different off-topic conversation. But it was just one of those things where you know I get to connect with my wife in a way like that. So very fortunate to be here. I'm always learning like everybody else, and uh, so that's kind of where I am, what I'm doing. Yeah, um, Amy and I were talking. Uh, I think the last time or the time before, but yeah, our our whole thing is like you know if you get to the point where you think you know everything, that's when you're gonna that's what you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. I mean, you can be the smartest guy in the room and there's going to be somebody there who's going to contribute, you know, something that, um, you don't know about. So that's why this, we really love this format. Um, cause it's more of like a, we're all kind of chatting together rather than us chatting at everybody, which is really cool. Cause we get like a, a lot of good, uh, exchange of information here. So, all right, Vargas. Oh, speaking of which, um, when we're done here, I know we're doing the PPC thing, but um, I forgot your wife's a trademark lawyer and I have a really good idea uh, on, in that realm um, uh, after this. So okay. remind me. <laughs> remind yeah, me. For sure. Uh, yeah, of course, I'm the guy with a million ideas, right? So that's why I, I said uh, when, when I did uh, sell RCO, I was like, all right, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to write every, all my good ideas down, but I'm going to just put full force into one thing because otherwise I'd have a hundred. So yeah, yeah. All right, cool. So um, let's let's get down to the nitty gritty way people are here, which is um, Amazon launching, and uh, you know, as as Mark is uh, marked in his poll, he's done probably uh, you know seen or done or been involved in probably uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of launches over at Six Leaf, um, which is really cool. Uh, so we're going to get a lot of good knowledge out of that. Um, so first of all, just kind of the basics, like what is a uh, product launch, um, and a product launch is. Um, the gist of it is is just to um, you know do certain tasks when you first launch a product um, to make sure that you get visibility and rank on Amazon. That's kind of the the uh, quick spiel and and kind of the uh, you know what a launch is if uh, people don't don't know that. So um, let's go ahead. I went back to not sharing my screen. So let's let's go ahead and share my screen here real quick, and we'll get going. All right. So. Um, Kind of the, we've got kind of steps here. I got, uh, let's see, 14 steps, Um, but I'm sure there's more, but this is just kind of to guide us along. I don't like to do super long-winded notes when I do these things because otherwise um, I get lost in them. So I like to just kind of have an overview. Um, So first thing we're going to want to do is um, make sure that your um, Amazon listing is fully optimized. Now, um, what that means is, you know, things like uh, images, title, uh, description, bullet points. Those are the basics. Um, if your product only has like two or three bullet points, uh, you've got a big issue and uh, it's crazy, but I swear to God, I get so many people coming to me saying, I'm not selling, I'm not ranking what's going on. And I pull their listing up and they've got two or three bullet points. And I'm just like, Holy crap. Uh, so that's an essential. What I tell people is, um, you have to look at your, your listing and optimizing your listing as like deposits in a bank. Uh, you know, it's like the, the one thing that's, uh, it's like the foundation of your Amazon business, the, the 
more that you put into that, the more it's going to return in the, in the long run. You know, it's like that, uh, that, that free organic reach. It's like, you know, planting your garden. I'd say like for social media, whenever you're doing a post, you're, you're, you're putting a new seed in your social media garden. Same thing for Amazon. Like every time you're doing something that to optimize your listing, you're like, you're going to grow that listing, uh, organically. So that's kind of the first, um, step with, with that listing optimization. Marcus, um, anything I'm missing or anything you want to add to that? No, um, you know, it, it's something that, that I actually talk about a lot too with clients and, and it's, uh, it's important to, um, to, to, to look at your listing as unbiasedly as possible. Like we all have premium products. I think my stuff is the best stuff in the world. Um, but sometimes it takes, you know, like my wife or a friend or, or like a colleague in the space to look at your, my listing and be like, well, what does this mean? Or I don't understand, you know, so uh, that's important to me is, is getting that outside perspective. Um, when it comes to copy, I always tell people like it, at the very least read your copy out loud. And if it doesn't flow, then change it. If it doesn't sound natural um, or even have the best thing to do is have somebody else read it back to you. Uh, it, you know, because you, you can really, if it doesn't, if it, if it doesn't flow, when you talk about it, it's not going to flow when you think about it and it's going to break up somebody's thought process. Yeah, that's actually a good point. And, um, I actually want to see our, our, our wonderful faces. So I just shared this outline that I, I, I had up on the screen just to everybody in the chat. So you can download and look at it yourself. Um, that's going to be a bigger guide when we're done, but, uh, that, that way we can, we can, uh, we can, you can see our faces and, uh, and then you can reference back to that, uh, to those, uh, launch steps. Um, yeah, that's actually a really great tip, Marcus. I never really thought about that reading out loud. <laughs> it sounds so basic, but it's actually a really, really great idea. Um, something else that's really cool that I've been using a lot lately. Um, I haven't used it for Amazon listings, but um, it actually might work really well is if you go into Google Docs, a lot of people don't know this. There's a Google Docs tool. Um, that's a, it's a voice recognition tool. So it's kind of like Dragon Naturally Speaking and stuff like that, where you can literally push a button and then just start dictating and it'll just start filling it out in Google Docs. Um, that's a really, really good way to write, find it kind of for anything. Um, even including, um, uh, you know, for Amazon, because then it's going to come out sounding, you know, really natural. And then you can uh, go back and, and edit it. Not only that, but it's going to be really quick. Um, you know, if you do like an outline of what you want your listing to cover, and then you speak it, you actually might get some, you know, some really cool content that way. So something to think about and, uh, and possibly try. Um, <clears throat> now, Marcus, um, you know, there, there's always a debate about like backend keywords, subject keywords, all those kinds of things. What do you guys tell, tell your clients? What do you do for those? For backing keywords? Like what to use or? Well, just, um, just what's your fear on that? I know that like people uh, are always like, should I use brand names? Should I use, you know? Are we going to talk about conspiracy use? theories? <laughs> no, anything, anything. I love that. Those are the best today. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I keep it pretty simple. Keep it limited to the 250 bytes or characters, whatever you want to call them. Um, there's no need to repeat a keyword. So if I've got beard oil in my title, obviously I've got it in my title. I'm not going to have beard or oil in my back end terms. Um, you know, and I kind of, I like to follow uh, what Amazon says as much as possible. Um, so I really just kind of, I kind of follow that. I do use some tools to kind of decide and I, I'm always testing and I think I'm, I think that's maybe a fault of mine, but I'm always looking to see which ones maybe a higher traffic search phrase or search or a keyword and maybe try to input that in my title and in the bullet points or description and try to see if, um, you know, see if any rankings increase, uh, just, just naturally. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good point. And I actually don't think that's a bad thing. I think testing is testing your listing is probably one of the best things that's, you know, back to like tending your garden. That's one of the best things that, and what tons and tons of people don't do is to go back and, uh, and re-optimize the listing. They'll, they'll optimize it and then they'll leave it alone. Um, you know, but what people get, you know, what you can do, uh, some of the things you can do to really get that thing dialed in is look at your search term report on your PVC and see what you're converting for there. Um, those are really good keywords that you want to probably, um, you know, uh, include into your listing. Um, like Marcus was talking about in our testing, um, you know, listing optimized, uh, optimization wise, we, we, we think three is the magic number. So like, if you have an important phrase in your title, you want it at least in like your bullet point and then in your description as well. Um, if you really want to hit it hard, you might want to put that phrase, um, you know, more than once in the description or in the uh, bullet points. Um, but it all comes down to testing, um, you know, depending on the category and, you know, the fields available, it really, um, it can really make a, a big difference on just a few factors like that. Also, um, what a lot of people don't realize is the more fields that you fill in in the back end. So like, uh, you know, color, material, all those things, Amazon indexes, and those are a great way to get a little extra uh, bump. So um, Marcus, do you sell the stuff that you sell? Is it, is, is it in like plastic or glass or like what's, glass. Like, what's that? Glass, bo- glass bottles. Yeah. Okay, cool. So do you have any, any breakage issues there? No, I have a, I, I wrap it in. Uh, I've got these little pouches uh, that are bubble pouches, and then I throw it in a padded envelope as well. So yeah, so so that's probably I haven't had any yet, right? So that's good. So that's you know, but that's a super premium. Like when you get somebody, uh, when you when you give somebody something in a bottle that's glass, that's so rare nowadays because of the breakage issue. Um, that's you know that that feels super premium, and so. Uh, Marcus, I'm sure you you have you know glasses material somewhere in your in your thing, or or you might highlight that somewhere. Um, yeah. You know those are those are kind of extra things that you want to really think about when you're building that listing. Is kind of the add-on uh, information that you add to that listing, which is going to get indexed um, and possibly give you give you some extra extra bumps. So, Amy, you you're a, a listing guru too. Are you going to jump in and and uh, are you only observing today? <laughs> no, so uh but one of the I thought it was interesting you were talking about, you know, just kind of speaking. Um, because if in my mind the first bullet is really where you have to get your customer's attention. And I always think of that as the strongest selling point in a listing. Um and so something, an exercise that I do with folks is I say, okay, if if you're at a market and you're at an outdoor market and you're selling your beard oil. <laughs> uh, and I'm walking by and I kind of glance in your direction. What is the one thing you're going to say to me to get me to stop and talk to you? Hey, hey, that you is, don't have a beard. Hey, you don't have a beard. <laughs> <laughs> that is the same. That's the same thing that you should be thinking about using in your listing. Because, you know, if you take a sales course, it says it, you know, in any sales course will tell you it takes an average of 12 touches, 12 times of talking to someone before they'll even make a buying decision with you. And when you think about on Amazon, you really only have like less than 30 seconds of somebody just glancing at your hero image and then maybe clicking on your listing or your advertisement. And they're really just going to look at those images and maybe like your first bullet point. So if you can't capture their attention with your main selling point of why they should actually, why they need this in their life, you're going to miss out on those sales. So 
that that's my, my main thing that I try to have people do is like, Hey, think about your, your strongest selling point. If I was walking by you in a market, what would you say to me to get me to stop and really consider your product? Yeah, absolutely. That is a great point. Sorry. I was, I think I had the settings wrong. So everybody jumping in had, had a hot microphone. So I just figured out I'm still learning zoom. You know, this is our, our what third or well, technically the fourth episode, but, uh, yeah, I'm still getting that dialed in one of these days, right? Okay, cool. So let's let's move on uh, from that. So uh, the next step is uh, uh, set up your Amazon PVCs for success. And um, hopefully I'm not... Am I screaming, Michael? <laughs> I saw you take your earbud out. Hopefully I'm not too loud. No, I was listening um, for uh, something in the background. Okay. <laughs> Great. Um, so um, uh, yeah, so so set up your, your PVC for success and... Uh, since since it's it's uh, seems like uh, Marcus needs help on this one, <laughs> I'll I'll field this. Yeah. Um, so so some of the things you want to do uh, when you set up your PBC for a launch, um, PBC should always be used in in uh, in uh, conjunction with a launch. Uh, so you want to uh, at the same time. Um, and one of the things you want to do is um, as soon as what I tell people is is if you're if it's a new product and it's getting shipped from China or something like that. Um, or if you're, you know, doing it yourself, like Barkus, um, you know, once you get that listing, uh, that that listing set up, you want to go directly to your PPC campaigns and set them up beforehand. That way, you're not in a rush. When you get your stuff, you're ready to rock. You just turn it from pause to on, and you go. Um, one thing you want to do, and it depends on your budget. The way I do it um, is, I probably have a bigger budget than most, but um, I'll do like a hundred bucks a day, and um, I'll I'll do my auto campaign, and I'll go like anywhere from a penny to like ten cents over. Um, what Amazon's suggested bid is. And the reason you want to do this is you want to get a lot of uh, action up front. You want to see what people are, you know, what, what Amazon sees your listing um, as being relevant for because you're not getting uh, the, the keywords that you're getting impressions for or what Amazon's going to consider your, your listing be irrelevant for. Um, so you want to take a look at that. And then you also, of course, want to see what you're converting for. Now, um, a, a cool thing to do or, or something that, that could work well is if you hit it really hard, really fast, you know, if you start getting conversions really quickly, like within the first like three to five days, then you can go and, and say, okay, so I got five conversions on these keywords. These might be um, keywords that I want to, um, you know, I want to look at in incorporating in my launch in my two-step URLs or, or whatever URLs you're using. Um, I know that Six Leap has some, uh, <laughs> they have some clever names names for, for URLs, which I love. Like I think it's like Sidewinder and, and uh, some other, I can't remember the other ones, but uh, I'm sure Marcus yeah. will, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll fill us in. Um, <clears throat> but you want to make sure that you got that, that, that auto uh, campaign at least spooled up. The other thing you want to do is now, once you get to the point where you're launching and you've got kind of your, your keywords that you've got from your, your PBC or wherever you're getting those keywords from that you, you're really trying to target, that's where you want a manual campaign and you want to keep that manual campaign super tight in the beginning. So maybe the five keywords, say you're trying to rank for three to five keywords off the bat. Um, you want to put those keywords in that manual campaign and, and like go super, super hardcore on it. So, um, um, you know, you won't probably won't get a lot of matches with exact. So I would, I would say generally phrase is what you'd want to stick to. So you want to do say five phrase match keywords and you want to like crank the bid once again and try to really nail that, those, um, those keywords early on, because what that's going to do is it'll help with your launch and it'll send, uh, you know, extra signals to Amazon that, um, that you're, you're super relevant for those keywords and that you're going to make sales for those keywords. So, um, Andy, can we talk really quick about a common pitfall 
that people fall into. I often hear my PVC is not working and well, I'll go out and look at their campaign and they're not even, they're bidding lower than the suggested bid. So what's happening is you're not getting the conversion data. So you have to think about PVC is a bidding war, right? It's a bidding process. So when Andy says you need to be bidding over that suggested bid, you have to think if you're bidding super low, if the suggested bid is a dollar and you're bidding 50 cents lower than even the, the range, where is your ad going to be placed? Okay, think about that. If your ad is buried, nobody's going to click it. And also, you're not going to get the customer mindset. Now, if you're at the top of page one for water bottle, do you think you're going to get some clicks and some conversions? Probably, right? And you're going to be able to rank for that. Where the pitfall that people fall into is they don't bid enough to even get that customer data to understand where people are clicking and buying under what keywords. They bid too low and then they're like, well, my PPC is not working. So in the beginning, yeah, you got to kind of, we've talked about this before, right? Go a little negative because you've got to get that extra data, that golden information so that later you can create a super awesome manual campaign and really target, lock into those keywords that you know your customers are going to buy for. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize with with launches, you're going to go negative. You know, everybody thinks that, you know, and I see this all the time, people posting like, yeah, I launched and, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm down all this money or whatever. And I always, you know, tell them if you've done your due diligence, you know, stay the course, you, you're going to lose money in the beginning. Some of our products, we lose money for like the first two months, but then guess what? Like every month after that, it's just like, you know, a hockey puck. So you, you really have to think about, you know, the investment up front. It's just like anything. If you invest up front, um, you're going to make it in the long run, but make sure you're doing your due, due diligence. Otherwise you're just going to burn that money. So, um, so yeah, that's how to, to um, set up your um, Amazon PPC for success. Um, the next one is find your ideal uh, customer avatar. Um, I'm just starting to learn. That's one of my, you know, uh, Marcus was, you know, saying that he has problems with PPC. Um, you know, and then, and I know Amy and I have talked about this before is um, the best thing you can do for yourself is know what your weakness is and hit that hard. Like right now, like, all my YouTube stuff, like all my audiobooks, like everything is like hitting all my weaknesses, not my strengths. People tend to gravitate towards their strengths. You know, like if they're good at something, they're like, oh, I'm going to listen to books on that or I'm going to do this or that. That's actually the wrong thing. You want to go and nail the stuff that you're not good at and, and admit it and, and, you know, and then go after that stuff. So that's one, one kind of thing that I'm, I'm, I'm learning along with systems. You know, that was my other, Marcus was talking about systems. He had issues with that. That's the other thing I'm really trying to look into. And then delegating, that's another huge thing of mine because I'm such a perfectionist and, you know, I want to like have my hands in everything. But um, and when you're trying to grow a business, that just doesn't work. So those are kind of my weaknesses and those are the kind of things that I'm, you know, looking to improve. Marcus, do you, uh, do you do much on, on customer avatars? Um, so for, for, yeah, for my brand, it, it, that's something that like, it's not, um, it's still not the easiest thing to do, but I try to force that into, um, like my copy and then like my site and kind of design and then kind of through pictures and, and social media, try to figure out, you know, exactly who that person is. Cause you can figure out what your customer avatar is. Then that's how you design everything. That's how you take your pictures or your, your lifestyle and action photos. That's how you write your copy. That's how you do social media. So it's, it's not something that I'm good at necessarily, but it's something that I at least, uh, I'm conscious about. Yeah. All right. Uh, Amy, are you going to, are you going to unmute Amy? And, and cause you're, you're, you're probably, you probably do that more than, than uh, Marcus and I. So I'd love to hear your, uh, 
input on that. On customer avatar or? Yeah, on customer avatars. Yep. Or like, are there any tools you use or like, like, how are you, um, you know, how are you finding your, your customers? I don't know if you, you don't have to give it, give away any secrets, but, um, you know, I know, I know for Barkus, you know, he's not looking for uh 20 year old, uh, women who are into, uh, bikinis and nightlife, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> so honestly, the way that I study my customer is I um, use a business plan template by score. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's a free business plan template, but it actually forces you to go through and study your market. So you have to answer certain questions about your market and it forces you to go out and go, okay, well, what is the age of my customer And what are the trends and what are the things? So I let keywords guide me a lot when it comes to to Amazon research. And I don't actually use a lot of keyword tools. I use the search bar because because the search bar is the most updated, um, you know, the most updated terms that customers are typing in to Amazon and Google. And then I also use, you know, some trends tools. I I see what's trending on social media. Um, I look on Pinterest. I see what people are pinning. Um, And of course, it depends, you know. Beard oil. I don't know if if my customer would be on Pinterest, right? But you have to find out where is your customer, and you know, is is your customer? A lot of times, you know, we've talked about Facebook ads in the past. Like people run Facebook ads and they're like selling a baby pacifier, and it's like, what what are you, you know, with no discount or anything? It's like nobody's going to leave their their Facebook feed to go buy that. Right. So you just, you just kind of have to understand your customer's uh, habits and you build your, your avatar around like, where does your customer hang out? And, and I find the best way for me to do that after I've done my initial research of something that I'm passionate about and I think is a good idea, then I go out and I, I Google the same questions that I have as a customer. So, you know, uh, how do you, you know, do this or, or you know, so if it's, if it's a product that solves a certain problem. I Google that and I see what kind of things people are pinning, what kind of things people are writing about. And then I discover, okay, maybe other people are searching for that too. If I start typing it in and the Google search bar finishes it for me, that's a good sign, you know, because I know other people have that same problem too. Uh, So that's kind of how I go about the customer avatar. Yeah. So another, another thing that um, works really well, which I don't know, a lot of people might not know about is you can actually go into, in Facebook, there's analytics that you can actually look at not only your group, but like your page, things like that, go in that and look at your analytics because, um, depending on, you know, what industry you're in, um, you know, you can look and see that, you know, majority of the people interacting with your, your, you know, kitty litter postings are, you know, uh, women aged 30 to 40, then that's a pretty good indication that, you know, those are your target customers. So, um, you know, know who your customer is and that's, uh, you know, use all the tools available uh, to, to do that. So that's, that is kind of a good way. And then also common sense, like Amy was saying, you know, Pinterest might not be the, the ideal, ideal place for, for beard oil, but, um, you know, LinkedIn might be, or, um, you know, I don't know, uh, Twitter or, Reddit. or, you know what, I bet it's Instagram actually. Reddit. That's pretty smart. That's a, that's a good observation. I bet there is a lot of, uh, about a lot of bearded men on, on Reddit. Um, I bet Instagram is pretty good too, though, because, uh, you know, a lot of bearded photo pictures are, are kind of cool and, and they're, you know, they're getting good at, at doing that. So, uh, at taking pictures about that. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. All right, cool. All right. So moving on. Uh, the next step is we need to know um, the daily sales quantity to get to page one or whatever your target is. You know, if it's some, if it's a, a product that's 
super, super, super competitive, page one might might be you know something that is going to be a really th- hard thing to obtain, especially if you're going you know going up against huge multi million uh, dollar multinational corporations. Um, the funny thing is, is you know probably at least fifty percent of more big brands on Amazon are still clueless, which is good for all of us. Um, but that's going to change. So you know, people, uh, you, you need you need to to keep that in mind as you as you get into Amazon. But um, anyway, there are a lot of tools um, that can can uh, you know help you with that. Uh, I'm sure uh, Marcus does uh, six week probably has um, you know something that'll tell you how many how many sales per day that you need. Uh, we don't have any software built in right now. Um, it's something that's in the pipeline for development. Okay. But uh, typically, we just get with people and we look at it ourselves. And, and um, um, you know, the, we look at we look at some software. We have we have some ac- access to like the analytical data from what we've been doing. Uh, but we take you know we we for example like we we might look at Helium Ten and look at somebody's listing and Helium Ten might say oh, it takes five hundred units, but they're at the bottom of page one. So we take that in consideration. You don't, you're not right. interested in need 500 units to get to the top of page one. Yeah. So. Um, oh, no, go ahead. Sorry about that. Oh, no. And that's kind of really our process right now. So, because it, it, it's, uh, it gives a, it gives the customer a little bit more insight about not only what we do, but, but they're what, what they need to do. Yeah. You know. Right. Right. So, um, yeah. And then, so, um, the, the, um, the seller SEO Chrome uh, extension will give you those numbers as well. Um, of course I looked at it this morning and, and there's an issue with it. So I've, I've our developer working on it right now. Um, but that will give you uh, sales estimates uh, per day and then 30 days out. Um, you know, how many units you want to try to target now before anybody attacks me and says it's completely wrong and the data sucks and all that. Um, it, it's just like anybody, it's an algorithm. Um, so, you know, it's going to be different than, you know, if you tell me that our data is different than helium 10 or some other tool, I'm going to tell you, well, that's because they're, you know, they're, they're taking a different approach than we are. And that's going to be true of every tool. So, um, you know, use what, what tool works best for you, um, is, is what I say, you know, test and use what, what, what tools work best for you. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so, um, so quantity wise, why you're, why you're looking at uh, those numbers is generally you want to get uh, close to or over those sales numbers per day or per 30 days in order to rank for that keyword. So, um, you know, that's kind of the basics of, of, of that, um, why you're looking at, at that um, uh, number. So the next thing that you uh, want to look at, of course, is to make sure you have enough units in stock. Um, this is kind of a big one because people will do a launch and then they'll stock out and then you lose momentum, um, you know, pretty quickly. So, um, once again, you should be looking at those those sales numbers, your target numbers. You know, just do the math. Uh, generally, I say, um, you know, or I want people or myself to have three times as much as I expect to do in the promotion at a minimum. So, you know, say I'm targeting uh, something and I'm doing ten units a day for seven days. That's seventy, or uh, ten units a day, seven days. Why well, can't you do this? seventy units? <laughs> um, make sure that uh, make sure that you have at least uh, let's see seven one forty two ten. Uh, make sure you have at least 210 units in stock for that example. Um, Marcus, is that kind of what, what, what do you guys, what do you guys tell your clients in, in terms of stock? Um, that, I mean, that's something we, we bring up when, when we first start engaging with somebody anyways, it's not necessarily, we don't necessarily talk about how you have a certain amount, but it's just keep it, taking into consideration. Yeah. You know, like for me, if I was going to launch a brand new product right now, and rank on page one at the top of page one for for beard oil. It, it might take me a thousand units over the course of a couple of weeks. So if I don't have that inventory, 
then I would focus on another keyword that I do have that I can allocate that inventory for. You know, and it's like you were saying that like the worst thing you could do is run out of inventory because then you just literally just you know lit a bunch of cash on fire because you get to the page one, you stop selling, you start losing rank pretty quickly. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so make sure that when you're when you're when you're doing these, um, like I said, you you can you know the, the, there's no like sci- exact science to that, um, but um, yeah, try to make sure that you you have enough stock, uh, you know, enough uh, enough uh, units in stock um, to make sure that that you're not going to lose momentum. Otherwise, if you do stock out, then it's uh, you know then it's going back to a relaunch, which is a, a whole other subject. So um, the next step is um, how to pick the right keywords to rank. Um, I think uh, from what I've seen from, from Six Leaf, they've kind of got the same theory that I do where, you know, and this is a huge mistake that a lot of people make is, you know, picking like the first like top three to five keywords, uh, which is what you don't want to do generally, because what will happen is you'll burn through a ton of cash and not rank um, initially. What you want to do is, is you want to do kind of like a reverse pyramid type setup where you want to go for the middle or, you know, lower end keywords um, and then once you get ranked for those, that's when you start, um, you know, going towards the, the, the larger volume, harder keywords. Uh, the reason for that is, you know, once you start with the, 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 the lower uh, long tail and the, and the medium tail keywords, um, those are actually going to pull your rank and, you know, they're going to start pulling your, your whole listing up. So once you get to that point, you know, you're starting at a, at a higher baseline. If you start from zero, it's going to be really, really hard to, to rank for those keywords. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually agree. That's the way I prefer to do things. Um, I know the general strategy, the most popular one is to go after the most relevant keywords and the highest ones. And again, as long as you, if you've got the budget to do it and go for it, you know, I, I don't know if I would necessarily go after a super aggressive, if there's a keyword that like beard oil and you have zero reviews and you don't have a review system in place. Um, I don't know if I would go after that only one, but I love going after the low volume and mid volume keywords because number one, they're easier to go after. You can, so you can save a little bit of money. But you do your keyword research first. You might be able to f- identify several mid-volume or low-volume keywords that your main competitors aren't on because they don't care because they've been doing it forever and they're just they're happy with what they got. But you could it could be easier for you to convert on those too. So um, and another thing too that a lot of people don't realize, like I, again, I'm a huge nerd and I test stuff all the time, and probably it's a fault of mine. But <clears throat> if I target I've done this several times and I actually wrote an article over the summer about it. You can target multiple keywords that have the same keyword, the same seed word in it. You target them at the same time, it can boost the rankings of that core keyword. Now, it doesn't mean I can target a bunch of low volume keywords that have beard oil in them and just get, and then just magically be on page one for beard oil, but it does help that seed that if you do it right, it does help that seed word. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Uh, and that rarely gets mentioned. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. That is a, an absolutely a great technique. So um, what Marcus is talking about is like, say, once again, we love the water bottle example. So say your target, you know, was a water bottle, you would do, um, you know, stainless steel water bottle, uh, water bottle for bike, um, uh, you know, uh, water bottle with straw, because in all of those phrases, we're going after the main phrase of water bottle. So that way we're getting we're getting, we're converting on those long tails. And then we're also getting a little bit of juice for that because the way that Amazon ranks that they're ranking each individual keyword along with the phrase. So you're getting a little, uh, you know, a little bit of juice every time one of those keywords um, converts. And that's actually a really, really good technique is to uh, target variations of phrases to target your main phrase. A lot of things that I see people do too, is they'll use 
tools to find keywords, which is great. It's great to use tools. They can very quickly search all of the keywords at one time and, and scrape them. But then often people will not actually go out on Amazon and look at that keyword. They won't put it right in the search bar and see what kind of products come up for that keyword. Um, so it's, it's a good idea when you, when you think that you have the, the best keywords based on your tools to actually go out and look at them and see you know, what, what competitors are, are doing. And so what my, one of the exercises I like to do is I like to pretend that I know nothing. I just know that I need a bottle that holds water and stays cold, right? And I'll start typing and see what Amazon and Google, because I try to rank for both when I write my listings, right? Uh, I try to see what Amazon and Google are suggesting to me. And I often discover keywords that I didn't even, that maybe the tools wouldn't have given me. Or, uh, you know, maybe I, I hadn't, you know, thought of that in, in uh, that of my product being called that. So often people will look at a competitor and go, oh, that's my main keyword. It's the same one that they're going for, right? And, and you might miss out on, uh, you know, a, a pocket, kind of like Barkus was talking about, where it's, you know, underutilized and people, your competitors aren't even selling there, but customers are looking there for a product like yours. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. Um, <clears throat> yeah, cool. I think, uh, all right. I think we got, uh, we got those pretty clear. Um, if anybody's got any, uh, questions on what we've talked about so far, feel free to drop them in the comments. And then we'll also kind of do a Q and A at the end too. Um, if anybody else, uh, if anybody's got any follow-up questions to stuff we've uh, covered so far. Um, another step I have in here is get social, um, you know, getting the right influencers, not only that, but utilizing your own social channels. Um, if you're, if you haven't set up social channels yet for your brand, um, huge, huge, huge mistake. Um, you know, once again, this was one of the, the, the things that I had to come, you know, over the last few years, I'm an introvert. I, I used to hate being on camera. Um, I used to hate like doing this kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, I forget the book that I'm listening to right now, but it's a fantastic book because it's just like, the more you do things that hate that you hate, the more you're going to like them and the better you're going to get at it. So those are, you know, once again, you know, it's like going where you're weak and making yourself strong there. Um, so <laughs> Marcus is laughing at me. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, make sure that, uh, when you're, when you're setting up your brand, get your social like set up right away. And, um, I've shared some tools before, but there's some like automation tools that can, they're not ideal. People are going to be like, Oh, you're going to get crappy followers or you're going to get, but, uh, I mentioned the tool in a previous, um, uh, episode called, uh, Instazood, which is like an automated, uh, like and comment and, uh, for Instagram. And uh, it's a really awesome tool if you're just starting out just to kind of get the... Because, you know, when you've got like 10 followers or five followers, it's like it's, there's no snowball effect. It's so hard to get more people because they'd be like, oh, this dipshit's got five followers. Why do I want to look at his picture or whatever he's posting, you know? So you want to kind of get that, that, that first base of, of uh, followers. So that's something I definitely suggest is, is try to build your social following early on. Um, and, and some uh, ways that you can do that as well is to pay influencers to mention your account or to mention your product. That should be a part of your launch. Um, you know, you should be throwing, um, you know, the, 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 the quote unquote sales blitz. You should be throwing anything and everything you can at your launch in that short period of time. The more signals you get to Amazon from different sources, the more natural it looks and the better you're going to rank. And, and you'll see some crazy stuff. I mean, we've gotten, like I said, this last Christmas, I was, I was, I was bragging so much about some of these Christmas keywords that we ranked for because it was like pie in the sky. I never, ever thought we'd rank for some of these keywords, but you're talking like top five, which is insane. Um, but you know, that's how we got there is we were, we just really diversified the traffic that we were sending there. 
Um, so yeah, so, so get social, get uh, the right influencers. If you don't know how to find influencers, it's, it's not that hard. Um, you can, um, either, you know, direct message them on the various social channels or there's services out there. Um, there's one called Tominson. Um, there's a bunch, um, Vargas, do you, do you do any social influencing uh, marketing and do you have any tools that you use um, for that? Um, so, yes, no. I, I recently just got started doing this. And uh, I mean, it's one of those things that it's just a learned behavior, like you being in front of the camera, like me, I'll talk to a brick wall. It just really doesn't matter. <laughs> but, um, but for me, like reaching out to people in, in that kind of manner is something that like, I've got to get used to. And I want to tell a quick story. I mean, everything you said is it hit the nail on the head. But here locally, there's a somebody that I, I had no idea who it was. Uh, but we had a lot of mutual friends. This guy posted in Facebook. Hey, guys, I'm looking for a, a new beard oil. What do you recommend? And I mean, I got tagged after tag after tag after business tag, me personally. And I promise you, in 30 minutes, I had like 10 sales. Like It was like... And I was like, oh, shit. This is real, you know. So it's you know these all these tools are great, but reaching out to your local the people in the area because everybody has local influencers. Like it doesn't. I mean, and I live in a fairly small town, so it doesn't mean that I can't find those people. But if you also already have a social media following, like uh, uh, what's his name, Gary Vaynerchuk, he talks about this. Like yep. if you live in Seattle and you sell uh, supplements. Start looking for people who work out and exercise all the time on Instagram. Like, look for that hashtag. Go in there and be like, "Man, I love what you're doing. We live in the same area." You know, you can either try to pitch them there or be like, "Hey, can we grab coffee? I've got this great product. I think it might be a great fit for you." You know, so there's so many ways to reach out to people, engage. So, but you just got to start doing it and start trying. Again, the tools are great and it can automate some of that process. But I love the the local human experience. And uh, I was telling this guy, Jay, I was like, man, I said, I just need to find like a thousand of you now. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's a great point. You know, and, and uh, I'm, I'm actually learning that a lot more. You know, my wife, Molly, just became a real estate agent and I'm doing all her marketing for her, um, you know, because that's, my, my, that's where I get my fun. Um, you know, it's like I get to dabble in, in other uh, areas, which is always super fun for me. And uh, yeah, so, so the local touch is a, uh, that's a really good point. And what, what you need to realize is, is, is if you can connect, like Marcus said, with a lot of local people who are into what you're into, um, you know, it's kind of a snowball effect. You know, it's like, I talked about that earlier for, for, you know, um, just starting the, the, the social um, traction, but um, you know, some things you can think about doing like, Marcus, you know, Marcus, maybe, maybe he's going to have, uh, you know, brew and beers, uh, and, and throw like a little like social in his, in his town, um, and say like, Hey, the first beer's on me. You know, can you imagine that you get like a hundred dudes showing up and he might not sell, you know, that day, but like people are going to know who he is when people have a personal connection with, with you, they're much more likely to buy from you because they go, that Marcus guy, Oh, he's hilarious. And he, you know, he can drink Damn. 10 beers in a sitting. He's amazing. That guy's a badass, you know? And like, so the, you know, th those are something you really, really want to think about. I did um, the same thing in my local market. I went and went to a local market and set up a booth and I just kind of just talking to people and yeah, I had some of my products there for sale, but it was really just about brand awareness, just talking to people, you know, showing them my, my product and, and, you know, seeing what they were thinking about it. And I grew my email list that day by like a hundred people. So I had my phone out there with MailChimp and I'm like, Hey, do you want to subscribe for our launch? You know? And by 
you know, by the time I had launch, I had this great initial starter email list of local fans that I had talked to personally. And the other thing is organic reach, right? So I was talking to somebody the other day about creating a Pinterest pin because, you know, there are people go to Pinterest with the, um, with the intent to buy, they go to Pinterest to shop. And, um, this entrepreneur was going to create a Pinterest pin and just promote it, but they hadn't built out anything on Pinterest yet. So the thing is, the reason I have like 300,000 monthly viewers on, print, on Pinterest, and it's because I've created five boards of things that my customer avatar is interested in, and I regularly pin to those boards. So the difference when I pin a new pin is that I get so much organic reach and impressions for free because I've built up that following over time. So if you think about, you know, regularly content, uh, posting content on Insta, on Pinterest, and actually building out your presence on those pages, it's going to really pay dividends for you. And you're going to be able to post on Facebook, post on Instagram, and not even have to promote it because your, your reach is so far already. And then that person's going to share it and, you know, it's, it's going to go a lot further. So don't forget about organic reach and the power of social media sharing. Yeah, absolutely. And one other quick thing before we move on, cause we, we have a lot of points left and you know, we, we all like to, to I, actually, I, I would love to do longer, you know, but uh, I know Amy, you, you, you have dinner soon <laughs> and Marcus is probably like, Hey, this is uh this is, it's almost Miller time. So oh, no, I can, I can talk, I can talk about this stuff all day long. Oh, well, well we, we can, well, I always do extra innings when, when Amy bows out, I always do extra innings. So we can do extra innings, Marcus. Um, so, um, the other thing uh, that I wanted to mention, which is a cool hack that uh, we've kind of found um, now that I'm promoting for uh, Bali, is uh, a super underutilized marketing channel. And I hate that I'm giving this away because it's kind of a, a, a ninja hack that not a lot give of people Give it up, Andy. Give it up. Uh, <laughs> Amy, why do you always make me give it up? Rude. Um, is uh, the, the local buy, sell, trade groups. Like put your, put your beard oil on there and say, hey, I got my, this beard oil light, and it's lightly used, you know, or whatever. Like, um, but that's like, even if nobody buys from you, just getting eyeballs on it. Like if, if Vargas is posting his beard oil on there, like every couple of days, um, you know, different, a different like scent or, or uh, size or whatever. So he won't get in trouble. So he's not spamming, you know, but like, as long as he's getting in front of those eyeballs all the time, like people are going to start, it's, it's all about, you know, uh, I think Amy, you said like 12 touch points or I've heard seven, whoever knows what the number is. It's a lot is the more people, the more, you know, time you get in front of somebody, the more they're going to think about you, the more they're going to trust you, the more they're, they're going to know about your brand, all those kinds of things. So just, uh, you know, really remember that. Uh, another cool thing is, um, Amy's talking about social networks. Um, a tool that we use, which like everybody should use is uh, buffer. Uh, there's a lot of different tools out there, but buffer is an awesome tool. Um, you can connect all your different social networks. And when you send a post, it goes to all of them, just boom. At the same time, you can schedule them. You can do all those kinds of things. So um, it's definitely a great way to uh, continue continuously have content flowing and, and also, you know, get, get people in, uh, in their eyeballs on your stuff as, as much as possible. Um, yeah, the next point, uh, I, I already touched on this, but uh, kind of I'll, I'll go a little bit more into that is um, step eight is make the traffic look as natural as possible. So if you're using a launch service, um, along with that launch service, you want to be doing a, a ton of other things. You want to be doing, you know, um, PBC, you want to be doing uh, influencer marketing, you want to be doing, um, we've had awesome success as Amy knows um, with uh, Google ads. 
Um, you want to do uh, Pinterest. You want to do, you know, like all, in other words, uh, the way you have to think about it is you want every single uh, place that you can post a link or an image uh, during your launch. You want to hit all of those at the, you know, at, at simultaneously to really make those social signals and those signals of uh, coming off of Amazon to Amazon as, as strong as possible. The more diverse the traffic, the better. The more, um, you know, the, the more it's going to look to Google that that uh, you know this is a natural. A bump and people are, are going to demand this product. And I think people forget, they overthink the promotion strategy, right? So if you're creating like a 20% off promotion to start with or something, just share the link on your social networks and say, hey, we're running 20% off right now. People are like, oh, I got to create a promo code and I don't know how to do that. And you, they get, you get overwhelmed. It's like, share your link, you know, like say, Hey, we're running 20% off right now. Create a graphic on Canva that, you know, says 20% off right now. You don't have to actually have the promo code. You can just say, we're doing this right now. You know, just sharing it, getting more traffic to your listing, use a two-step URL even better. Right. Yep. Yep. So, um, yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, yeah, however you can do it, um, you know, the more, you know, it's like, it's funny because, um, you know, w- once Amazon started cracking down on the whole like review for promotion thing for a long time, there people were scared of of using um, you know launch services, and then people were like, "Oh, it doesn't work." Yes, it does work. Uh, you know, all this debate. Um, I, uh, Bargus, I know you can chime in on this, but I always always laugh when I see that because it's not changed, folks. I, I'm not saying you need to use a, a promotion service, but um, I, to me, it's an it's, it's a tool in the toolbox. You want like I said, to get as much traffic and as many sources as possible. And, um, you know, those launch services, you might have to dig a little deep in your pockets because you're going to be usually giving some fairly large discounts, but you're never, ever going to get that kind of volume from anything else. I mean, if you try to pay for Facebook ads or, or um, you know, any type of paid traffic, unless you have a huge social following, dollar for dollar, you're not going to beat it. And that those signals of sales are not going to really um, come from, you know, from other sources as well. So to me, um, I highly recommend using a launch service in conjunction with all these different sales signals if you really want to hit it hard. Um, if you've got something that's super niche and you don't need, you know, you, you might not need a lot, then you know you might want to save the money. But uh, to me, that's it's a it's a worthy investment if you're serious. And like I said, do your due diligence so that you're not spending money on something that's not going to convert in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. I won't I won't talk about it too much because I could talk about it forever. <laughs> um, but uh, hey. I'll say this, like, a, you know, we all, I mean, Amazon knows where all the traffic's coming from. Amazon knows who Six Leaf is. We've been around forever. Same thing as, is, 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 uh, you know, AMZ Blitz as well. And, and, you know, pushing things from Facebook, Amazon knows, you know, so it's, you just have to make sure that your promotions are just aligned with basically Amazon's terms of service. And they really follow, they, they really follow like the FTC guidelines, Federal Trade Commission. As long as you have a time limited discount of a real product to a real person, that's all Amazon cares about. They don't really care about your URL. Yes, some URLs work better than others. They don't care about what your keyword you're ranking for. They don't care about the discount. As long as it's time limited, that's all they care about. They, they, as, as long as you're trying to honestly push a sale of a real product to a real customer, they're not worried about anything else. What they don't want you to do is use that promotion to send out fake orders, drive fake traffic, get reviews nefariously, that kind of stuff. So I think a lot of people over, like they think, you know, like Amy was talking about, 
overthink. They think, well, which URL, which URL is TOS compliant? Which launch service does or doesn't work? It's not about that. It's like, what, what are you trying to do with your product? You know, there's look, there's good services and bad services out there with, with anything. And, and that's kind of neither here nor there. But, you know, it, if that's what you're trying to do, if, that, if that's your intent, then you, you really don't have anything to worry about. Amazon doesn't care. It's a sale. That's all yeah. it is. They actually, yeah. I mean, that, that's always my, you know, whenever somebody argues me that on that point, I'm like, so you're telling me Amazon is mad at me or you or whoever's doing the launch for sending them free traffic on customers they may not already have that, that, that may not shop on Amazon already, or that may sign up for a prime account that day because they got, you know, 90% off of your product. Think about it too, man. Like if, if I give out a hundred units a day for 10 days and I give it out for a dollar, I still have to pay my regular FBA fee. So Amazon making money either way. And like you said, they're getting free traffic. And they, they even talk about the statistics of how many people come to Amazon and buy one thing, but they end up buying something else. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yep. Agreed. Okay. So we'll put that to rest. <laughs> All right. Step nine. Um, there's been a huge, huge debate about this lately. Um, you know, do super URLs or two-step URLs, whatever you want to call them. It's a URL that has a keyword uh, in, you know, contained, um, or it's, um, you know, a, a URL that's, uh, you know, doing multiple steps, um, things like that. Um, everybody's, you know, there's debate for a while. They don't work. Amazon's going to get you in trouble for them. Uh, you know, all this different stuff. Um, oh, oh, Amy's going to do the, the cat, the, 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 the cute cat. How am I supposed to beat that? <laughs> can't. Um, right. I can't. Um, so <laughs> Bob Marcus, I'll let you touch on this for a while. Um, I saw you on, I, I think it was, uh, what podcast was it? Um, where it was like all the launch companies, um, recently. Oh yeah. Yeah. AMPM. I yeah. got into a few arguments. Yeah. 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 No, we, which was awesome because, you know, like being in the industry, I love, uh, I love seeing, uh, th- those interactions. Um, but, the, the, the gist of, of what everybody from, from all the launch companies said, which, you know, which was like, Hey, assholes. Yes, they still work. Like here's, we have like a hundred. I didn't say assholes. <laughs> I'm saying it because I'm so tired of seeing it. It's like, here's a hundred launches and every single one of them increases in rank. Now there are times where people do a launch and it won't work. And there are, you know, of course there's like a hundred different factors, but generally there's a, a good reason for it. Either Amazon's got some signals that you've tried to cheat. You've got fake reviews, um, your keyword stuffing. You know, there, there's some reason why you're not. It's not like whenever I see like people are like, I have no idea why you know my product's not ranking. It's like there's a reason. Like, and and you probably know what it is. Um, but anyway, Marcus, talk to me about um, you know what URLs you think. Uh, and I I really love um, Six Leaf's blog. If you guys haven't checked it out, they do a lot more than I do because they have a bigger staff. I don't have as much time. Uh, but I love reading this stuff because I'm like, yes, I agree. Yes, I agree. Yes, I agree. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, and they, they do a lot of, um, you know, a lot of studies and a lot of testing on URLs and things like that. Um, so, Marcus, um, I think I read recently that you guys did a test and, and, um, um, and that, you know, all of, the, all of the URLs still work, but of course, some work better. Um, you know, like storefront's not working as well, um, but um, brand is working uh, fairly well. Even though the storefront I've tested, I still work fairly well. Um, I don't know. That's great. Yeah. yeah, I don't know exactly, um, you know, what the difference is. Um, and then I also, I think I saw a post from Anthony that was like, "No, it doesn't matter. It all freaking works. Use one of them." <laughs> so, what's what's kind of your theory on that? And what's uh, you know, what, 
what do you use and, and what do you suggest? Um, and you know, what's your, what's your take on all that? Um, I, I'll, I'll touch on that and then I'll, I'll, I'll touch on how to track results because I have a different answer there. I think that for the most part, the, again, I think which URL to use some is, is something that really people overthink. You know, there's not a magical URL that just out trumps everybody 100% of the time on, in every category. You know, we see uh, continued success with our Heatseeker URL. Um, it's been around since we started and uh, it's a, it's a search find by method and it, there's a bit more proprietary automation in place. I won't get into it, but I mean, um, you know, the, the two-step URLs are still really great. You know, I, I love using and recommending a two-step URL, uh, like a brand URL or even storefront is when you're not ranking for a keyword, but you're indexed, you know, if you're not within the first 20 pages, you don't, you, there's nowhere to send anybody to unless, unless you use the brand URL. Or storefront or whatever two-step you use. Um, you know, and people again that people talk about, well, there's QID stamps and, and there's timestamps in the URLs. There's a timestamp on every click on the internet, and that's what people don't realize. Like the, the timestamp is irrelevant. Yeah. Because again, Amazon can track it and see where it's coming from anyway. I just think it's a lot of things that, that get over uh, um, overanalyzed to a certain degree. Yeah. Yeah, um, I agree. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say tracking results, like I think it's really, really important to, to, for everybody to really follow a certain set of metrics for your business. So, you know, tracking keywords is important. And you wouldn't believe how many people I talk to and like, hey, I don't, I'm tracking three keywords. What? Like, why aren't you tracking, you know, all the keywords that you can with whatever tool that you have? But track measured metrics like sessions and, and your conversion rate, you know? Track, uh, you know, track your daily sales. Like, put all this stuff into a spreadsheet. Or if there's a tool out there that works best for you, but track the re- track the specific metrics that you want to track because you can't measure anything if you don't track it. You know, if you don't know what your daily sessions rate averages over 30 days, like with you know without promotions in there, then you can't measure it. You can't you can't grow it. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's important to have those. However you do it, you know, I've got a small little spreadsheet that's super basic because I don't know anything about Excel. But it's just, I, you know, I, I'm, I measure daily sessions and I measure the conversion rate and I watch that stuff through testing. I changed my, I changed my title last night. So now I'm going to track my sessions. Did they go up, down? Did they stay the same? Or, you know, so, you know, tracking results allows you to, to really quickly see what's working and what's not working before, after, during a promotion or whatever, or with throughout testing. But then you can measure that. Like, how do I scale it? So... That's all I was going to say. About. No, that's a great point. And uh, yeah, I probably need to add that to, to my list. Or actually, um, oh, that's the next step on my list there. <laughs> so I did add that, how to track results. So yeah, that, Marcus makes, a, makes an excellent point there. Um, if, you're not, if you're not keeping track of your keyword ranks, um, you have no idea how you're doing. I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's the point there is if, if, you're, if you're just doing all these launches and, and, and doing all these things and you're not, you know, you're, you're not you know, digesting the data... Then you're once again you're burning money. Don't burn money. You gotta you gotta go through the steps and make sure that you're you're doing your due diligence when it comes to tracking. Um, you know, and, and um, if you if you're not tracking, you don't know how you're doing. So how, you know, how are you gonna adjust or or make changes or change your your what you're doing if something's not working? So excellent uh, excellent point there. And I will say this: it's hard because Amazon doesn't make it easy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Seller Central reports were created probably. 15 years ago. And I don't, I doubt they've really been optimized or touched since then. So we know it sucks to like dig through these reports. 
Um, but it's, it's important. It's just part of your business. So there's a lot of really great YouTube videos out there to teach you how to like pull the reports and read them. And, um, so, I mean, at least, even though they are kind of archaic and hard to understand, at least there's that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. So let us go to the next. Um, so what do I need to stick the results now? Um, I, um, you know, there's, there's always, you know, people, I, I see this all the time in a bunch of groups. It's like, yeah, I've launched for three days and, and, you know, I, I, I ranked up, you know, up to page two and now I've like fallen off a cliff or whatever. And then like people are freaking out. Um, once again, there's, there's a lot of different theories here, but I think most of like the launch companies and most of the, uh, the larger sellers, people who kind of do this kind of stuff all the time are agreed. Um, you know, uh, the seven, seven to eight day window is kind of the minimum that you want to do a launch. Once again, Amazon wants to see natural looking sales. Um, and not only that, but a progression of sales. You know, if you sell like a hundred on Monday and then Tuesday you sell 10, guess what? Amazon's going to go, Oh, all right. This dude did a blast and got a hundred sales. And now, you know, they don't know what they're doing. So now they've, they've turned that off, that funnel off. And now they've got 10 sales. Um, so that's where you get all this, you know, this confusion. Um, I, I do a two, two week launch. I know that sounds like really long for a lot of people. Um, but to me, a two week launch seems to, to really kind of solidify, like, like telling Amazon, like this deserves to be in this spot. Um, so that's what I like to do. Um, but what we always say is like, you know, seven to eight, uh, we always say, I always like eight, eight has in my testing has been like the magic number, but I think um, I think some people have said seven is the minimum, but um, you know, that's, that's just kind of my two cents. What about you, Marcus? Um, as far as how many days, you know, it seems to be the more competitive, the keyword, the more crucial it is to go out 10, 12, 14 days, you know, uh, again, uh, you know, to, to, to use the, the, the example I keep using, if I was going to push out, if I was going to try to rank for beard oil, I know I can't do it in three days it's probably going to take two weeks uh, and it might take a little bit longer after that because it's so competitive. There's so much search for it. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Competition really does play a huge factor in, uh, you know, not only campaign length, but of course, but like discount, that's another thing people don't realize that I see a ton um, on our launch site is that it will get people, I'll get emails being like, Hey, like I, I haven't sold any, like nobody's claiming my coupon. I haven't sold any, like what's going on. And I'm like, well, what's your product? And they're like, Oh, it's baby bibs. And I'm like, Oh, well, what's your discount? They're like, Oh, 30% off. I'm like, that's why <laughs> I'm like, you, you need to know your product and, um, you know, the competition and if it's a commodity or not, if you have something that's super unique, um, like for example, Amy, she invented her own product. So that's really unique. So she's got an advantage in the sense that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a me too type product. It's not going to be a product that's, um, you know, that's going to have a, a ton of competition, at least for that, that super close niche. Um, but you know, if it's something that, that, you know, uh, it's, it's, you know, uh, something that's super commoditized, like a water bottle, for example, is you, if you were trying to sell a water bottle, guess what? You're going to have to spend a ton of money and do a lot of work to get that thing ranked. Yeah. yeah supplements, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Supplements are tough. Like that. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I think that, uh, the, the discount, we all want to like not go into the hole, but it's advertising. So whether I spend a ton of money on Facebook ads or whether, you know, somebody buys a billboard or gets a commercial created for local television or national or super, you know, Super Bowl ads run a, a mil plus for what, 10 seconds. 
So yeah. that's advertising, you know, and the, you know, Doritos might go do that if they had to spend that money first. Now they have that capital, so it's a different, but it's, it's kind of the same thing. Like it's advertising, you're going to spend the money. So we all, we don't want to spend, we want to spend as less as possible, but you got to understand if you have your product on a deal site and if it's, a, if it's, you know, if it's a mainstay item, like a water bottle where it doesn't matter, regardless of demographic or socioeconomics, everybody needs a water bottle to a certain degree, you know, or a coffee cup or whatever, like if those products, you have to, you still have to have a compelling offer with a launch service or a deal site. A lot of times when people don't know anything about your brand, you got to compete on price, even on a deal site. So, you know, 85, 90% off, that's kind of the sweet spot for most products. And, but Amy, you're right. Andy's right too. Like if it's a truly unique product, sometimes you can get away with 50%. Sometimes you can get away with 30% off, but you got to understand your market first. So like me, I can't push anything. I, if I want real volume each day, I got to go 90% for a dollar. I can't, I can't do 50% off. I can, I might get one sale a day, two sales a day. And if that's what I want, that's okay. I think that, you know, the, the, Amazon has grown so much that the original mentality was that you could launch this product and make a million dollars on Amazon, you know, and people kind of forgot about advertising. And nowadays it's very competitive and you need to be prepared to, and the algorithm has changed as well. And the amount of competitors has changed. So, I mean, you need to be prepared when you're sourcing a product and, um, and getting ready to launch it, you need to work advertising into your costs. You need to expect to need to advertise your product. Uh, it's, you know, just going through the invention process. Uh, it's just a good idea if nobody knows about it, right? It's, it's just a good idea. It's not a product. It's not anything, you know, if nobody knows about it, then, and I'm still like, I've done a ton of advertising and still, you know, I told Rashid the other day, I'm like, nobody, still nobody in the mar- in the entire market knows about my product, right? I have to keep advertising and keep getting the word out through many different sources and keep building it out over time. So it's just important to expect to advertise, expect to tell potential customers about your product in many different ways. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Let me uh, see. Let's see. Joanna said, uh, is a two-step URL better equal to using search with your brand name when you are indexed, but not ranking yet? Um, yeah. Kind of, kind of, um, as we mentioned, uh, Joanna, it's, it, 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 most of these URLs will work. Um, it, there's a lot of debate on that. Um, you know, whether you're, you're going to use a proprietary, you know, um, a link from a service or, um, you know, test it on your own in our testing, um, uh, without using any proprietary link, I would say in our testing, the, the absolute best link is add to cart, but that won't work for, uh, for ranking keywords. So, um, there's some debate. Well, there's some hacks that you might be able to do, use on that, on that, on that link, but add to cart is a, is a super powerful URL. Um, after that, we've seen that brand uh, two-step URLs is is also really works really really well. Um, storefront, there's some debate on that, but I tested it uh, over the holidays because some of my products weren't ranking very well at all, or wouldn't even show up in the in my brand search, which is which will happen sometimes if you don't if Amazon deems that you're either not relevant enough, or <clears throat> or for some reason um, you know they're they're not indexing you for that. Um, like I said, then, then you can kind of fall back on the storefront URL. The thing is the storefront URL is I, I consider it like the, the, the crowbar of, of, um, 
of ranking for keywords. If you can't get if you can't get another URL to work really well, you can you can crowbar it in using using a, a, a storefront. Argus, what say you? No, I mean yeah, I mean I think you touched on all the major points. I think you're solid. For once, I don't have anything to add. So, <laughs> all right, cool. Anybody else have like like follow up questions to what we've covered so far? I think that's pretty much it. I had a few more points, but we've kind of already covered it um, as we went. So, um, yeah. So we're we're into the into the question slash bonus round portion. Oh, a surprisingly uh, uh, lack of questions this time. Usually, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we can go over these last three questions kind of quickly. Okay. Oh, actually, actually, yeah, yeah. We didn't we didn't really cover relaunch, did we? Yeah. So. Yeah. So, so if people don't know, a relaunch is like, say, you, you did a launch, um, like we were talking about earlier, and you like stocked out, for example, or you've got an old product that you just neglected for like a year, and all of a sudden you go, you know, I've got you know a thousand of these sitting in my warehouse or in my garage. I want to get rid of them. Um, you know, relaunch is pretty much, there's not a whole lot of difference between a, a relaunch and a launch. The only difference is you're, you're not getting the honeymoon period, which um, if people don't know, Amazon gives you kind of a little extra boost when you first launch a new product. Um, so you're, you're not getting the advantage of that. So it's, it's actually a little bit harder to do a relaunch than an actual launch. So um, Marcus, any, any uh, tips or anything you guys do differently for relaunches? Um, no, not necessarily. I think that... Uh you know, you're talking about the boost. Uh, I think it's important for everybody to understand that, you know, Amazon measures your listing on hundreds of metrics. You know, there's probably several out there that we still don't know about. But one thing that they, they measure against is if you have multiple days, you don't sell anything. So that's why sometimes, you know, we, we call it bringing it back from the dead. But, you know, a relaunch or a maintenance launch or whatever you want to call it, if you have a dead listing, it's going to take more than, you know, if there, if you know, if Helium 10 or, or, or Acceler SEO recommends a thousand users, for example, it might just take more because you've got to overcome that negativity. You've got to overcome those negative sales days. So you could still do it. It's just, is it in your budget to go after that keyword? You know, um, <clears throat> that, that's, that, that's just, it's just something to think about. So like when you go to launch a product, you don't want to just create a listing and wait another month for your inventory to come in, you know, turn it on once you have inventory. And yeah, start rocking and rolling. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people don't don't think about that. They create the listing and then they they leave it active, um, or you know they they if it's a if it's a merchant fulfilled or something like that. Um, yeah, that's that's not what we do. Which I think uh, works really well is you 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 can set a launch date like uh, when the listing should be active in the in, in Seller Central. We use that a lot because that way the listing's up and people can can check it out. But um, you know, but then you're not going to lose that sales history. Yeah. So there's questions. Uh, are hijackers after launching with a large discount just inevitable? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people have been trying to fight for that for ages. And, you know, it pisses me off too as a brand owner. You know, I'll go onto eBay and I'll see a bunch of my, my stuff on there. Um, there. There's a few different ways to deal with that. One of them is to get pissed off and, and say, I'm never going to do a launch again. The other is to just say, hey, it's part of doing, you know, cost of doing business and, um, you know, and, and, and go with the flow. Um, it's, 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 it's inevitable. I mean, whenever you give somebody something away for cheap, it's, it's not against the law. So people can technically resell. Now in your terms of service, um, like in our terms of service, if you do that, we boot you immediately and ban you, which I'm sure they do at six leaf as well. Um, but it's, it's a stress. 
don't stress over things on your Amazon business. You know, it's the old adage, don't stress on things you can't control. It's one of those things where you just, it, it has to be part of your equation. That's, you're going to see resellers and it's going to piss you off. Now, if they relist on your listing on Amazon, um, technically they're, they can't relist it as a new item. They're selling a used item. So that's how I get people. Um, if they try to relist on my, um, item on Amazon, I'm brand registered as well. So I can use that venue. Um, but you, but if you're not brand registered, you can, if they're trying to sell it as new, you can, you can, uh, say, tell Amazon, Hey, that's not a new product. And that's how you can boot them off your, uh, your buy box or your listing. And they can get in trouble too, for trying to sell a new product or a used product as new. Correct. Um, and then the, we had another question about how many weeks should you pull to look at keywords? So I'm guessing that's, um, how, how many weeks should you wait to look at keywords? All right, I, I'm guessing, I, I assume they're talking about like the PVC reporting. <clears throat> I think um, right, so. Well, so there, there's, there's a couple, you know, well, I mean, you constantly want to pull that report because there's going to be always new keywords coming out of the auto campaign. A lot of other, uh, a lot of other questions that stem from, from that auto campaign are people are like, well, when should I turn it off? Don't turn off your auto campaign. You just reduce the bid. Never, ever turn off your auto campaign. Unless you're getting like a negative, you know, if you're getting like a 200 a cost, um, you, you want to reduce the bid to where you, you know, you can still get some impressions um, and, and get some, some conversions. Now, if you're at a 200% ACOS and, and you're continuously losing money and if you reduce your bid, you're not getting any impressions, that means you need to go back and look through and start doing some negative matching. That's, that's kind of how you remedy that problem. Um, Keyword-wise, I do... When I first launch, I do, like I said, I do like a, a week's worth and then I pull the report and see if I have enough keywords. Uh, but you can look... You know, you can tell pretty quickly... Um, in your, it just in the UI of Amazon, whether, you know, whether you're, you're doing a lot of volume and that's when you know to go look at the search report. All right. And Lori wants to know when you say storefront URL, is that the Amazon generated URL for your listing? Um, so yeah, storefront, I, we actually, at, at some point we we should do a whole, uh, session on two-step URLs. I did one for, um, for the Q4 summit, um, that, uh, Augustus, has every year and, and literally did like pretty much an entire session on, on two-step URLs and, and you know how they work and how to use them and stuff. Uh, I'm store- making a note of that. Yep. Yeah. I agree. Storefront is, is simply like going to um, like, so if you click on your brand name, um, actually let me share my screen here real quick. I'll, uh, I'll show people how to, how to, how to, how to do that. Oh, and Barkus put an example of a storefront URL in the chat. So oh, there we go. Yeah. Use that. Well, I'll show you real quick how to, how to find that. So yeah, so all you all you would be doing is is you go to all right. Let's go to anchor here. Um, so you you would click on your brand name like that, and then it brings you to um, kind of your brand page, and then you go to products, and then you can see here that Anchor Direct is, and then let's say we wanted headphones. So this would be uh, your two step URL. So it would be <clears throat> taking this and getting your your keywords. Um, embedded. So in other words, if you, if you send this, this keyword or this uh, um, link out, then um, people are going to be able to uh, rank for that keyword. So that's an example. Um, there are some other t- uh, tips where you can use, like if you use um, our um, link, our two-step gener- uh, link generator in our Titan tool, it'll um, filter it down to the ASIN level so that if you're just trying to target like one specific product, you can use it like that. You can also use um, filters um, with 
Actually, you might be able to do it directly from here. Um, and Garfield wants to know what specifically about the add to cart URL that makes it powerful if it doesn't rank keywords. So, so this is kind of a mystery. Conversion. <laughs> That's well, what I think. First of all, yeah, conversion rate is going to be off the charts. The other thing is that I've seen it over and over again. If you use an add to cart URL, like almost guaranteed you're going to get a um, Amazon choice badge. And that's just for, for um, keywords. Generally, the, what I've noticed is the way you get the choice badge is it's going to be one of the phrases or keywords that's in your title. Um, I don't know how they pick it, but it, that just it, from what I've tested on my own products, um, that's kind of what, what I see happening. And to kind of add on to that too, if you use the add to cart URL, you can actually you can add a keyword on there if you want. I don't. I haven't tested that enough to see if that has an effect. But if you're tracking a lot of keywords, there's going to be something that moves up. So that'll be some data for you to look at. So if you're only tracking five keywords, you might not see your main keywords move up. I, I'm always a fan of tracking everything that you're at least indexed for. If you have that capability within the treat keyword tracker tool, you have. You know, some people only have access to like 20 keywords or something. But you know, if if you've got the if you've got the bandwidth, why not put them in there and look at them? You don't want to spend a lot of time on the low volume keywords, but you're, you know, you get sort of see trends too. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, definitely. And, and uh, like you said, you can add a, a, a keyword uh, from what I've tested though. I don't see it. I, I don't see it working, but I'm not sure. Yeah. It's one of those things where I haven't tested enough. I can't say definitively whether it works or not, but yeah, you can tack on a, a, a keyword uh, to the add to cart. Um, yeah. Cool. And then, um, Joanna says, yikes, I'm launching two of two and my listing has been live since I ordered inventory. What can I do to salvage this now? Um, yeah, do you, is it barcoded and all that already, Joanna? Um, if it's not barcoded, I would literally just create a new listing um, at this point. Um, if, uh, if you can't do that, then... Um, she said, yes, it's barcoded. Uh, yeah, so live since I ordered inventory. Um, but if well, the inventory is not in stock yet... Yeah, if it's an FBA item, um, you should, should be, be fine. Because technically, yeah. yeah, Amazon doesn't count it until it's first in inventory. So if it's an FBA item, you should be fine. Yeah, if, it, if your inventory hasn't actually hit Amazon yet and been checked in, you're fine. It's yep. different if you if you have inventory and your listing is actually live for customers to buy. Right. Then that's when you need to be worried about resetting it. But um, it says it shows as available on February second. It's live for pre order. Okay, so yeah, you're you're still okay. Yeah, you're fine. If you have it on oh, pre order, pre-order. that's pre-order. yeah, pre order is fine. Yep, yeah. good. that's what we do. We do pre-order all the time. It's so underutilized. Um, that's how you can actually get a lot of momentum before you even launch the product um, is to do pre-orders. So we do that a lot. That's actually a really good technique. Um, have you seen any issues with targeting gift-related keywords for launches? Um, no. I mean, you can um, we, we do it all the time. Yeah, they're yeah. awesome keywords. They're actually super underutilized. There's so many keywords in that realm that people don't think about that can rank really, really well. The more new, unique your product too, because there's a wide array. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. No, oh, no go ahead, Marcus. Please. Um, I was, there's if you if you everybody typing gifts for women. There's tons of products out there right now. So the more unique your product is, the more it's going to stand out. Um, but those are great. I mean, you know, and and do do some search. You're going to find some weird keywords that you might not realize. You know, that 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 are related to gifts or seasonal seasonal keywords. I like to call them. So. 
Cool. And then what's the highest converting product insert offer and review follow-up system you have used or seen? Um, what about you, Vargas? Do you, do you know? Um, I can tell you my, my two cents, but I'll let you go first. <laughs> so on the product insert, uh, I, I've got some information, but it's totally like, uh, it's not kosher with Amazon. So we could talk about it, but it's not something I professionally recommend. If we were sitting in a bar hanging out, I would be like, hey, man, try this because I know it works. Um, it, the, the, the thing about the product inserts you've got to offer is like, what, what, what are you offering somebody? Are you offering them just to sign up to register for something? Nobody cares about that anymore because I can sign up and get on anybody's VIP list. You know, give them a reason you know, um, it, you know, Hey, if, if you have, I don't know, if you have fitness equipment, like yoga mat or whatever, anything like that, workout equipment, give them a downloadable ebook. If you got a product insert, be like, Hey, you know, go here, register, have them a landing page where they either go into a mini chat flow or, or email sequence and offer them a book. So give them some sort of value or reason because I mean, I see it all the time. So, uh, as far as a review follow-up, again, like give them a reason to open the emails in the first place. If it just says, thank you for your order, then why would I, I already got one from Amazon that says, thanks. I don't need another one. So that, a lot of that comes into, follows into like, what kind of value are you bringing to that email? And what's the reason for opening the email? What I try to do in my email sequences is give them some information about the product, you know, like for the first email I have is it's really as simple as like, Hey, thanks so much for your order. Um, if you're just getting started growing a beard or anything like that, here are some best tips and practices and directions for use. So it's a reason for somebody, hopefully everybody to open the email. But then the second email, um, I tell them how you can use it as a shave oil. Like if, you know, if you shave or trim your neckline. So it's, it's a little bit of value added to that product that they might not have heard about before. Um, so that's, that's really the way I look at it is like, what is the product? What, what can you give somebody in exchange for their email address yeah. or a review? Yeah, absolutely. Not, not, not incentivizing them, but giving them value through coffee or ebook or something. So. Yeah, that's, that's actually a great point. <clears throat> absolutely. Giving value, uh, you know, like you said, you know, otherwise people are going to just ignore it. Um, I, I know Amy knows that I hate follow-up emails. I don't do them just because I hate receiving them as, as an Amazon customer. I don't blame anybody for doing them. Um, because, but most people aren't doing them like you're doing them, Marcus. If you're doing a, a follow-up with value, like you said, um, that's, uh, uh, you're going to get a lot better response from that. I do product inserts and kind of like what my one little hack and, and, and what we do is we have, um, a warranty that says like, Hey, if you register on our site, we are going to give you an additional, like our lifetime warranty. Um, and that's, huge. that people, works. Yeah. That people works. will actually, it? yeah. People will actually go and do that because to them, it's a, like Marcus was saying, it's a value add. Um, so that's something that, that definitely you want to think about doing is, is some kind of register for a warranty and then you get to collect their email address. And, and it's not uh, against TOS either. It's not. So yep. it's no. really because you're offering an extra service to the customer. It's not like you're driving them to what's against TOS is to drive them to your site to specifically sell them something. But if you're just doing it for a warranty, it's, it's good, you know? Yeah. And another thing too, I, I posted about this today, but uh, um, and I won't talk about where I got it from. But my wife got invited to take a quiz in exchange for some Amazon gift cards. So not so not talking about the gift cards, but this I, I went to it because I was interested in it, 
And it was uh, a women's uh, clothing site. And it's like, hey, we want you to vote on this information. And there's like four or five steps in there. But I thought it was genius because first off, it was well thought out. It was a really nice funnel. And of course, it's incentivized. But people love to take quizzes and tutorials. Like, you know, like everybody does them on Facebook. Like, what kind of player are you? Or how do you dress? Or what kind of beardsman are you? Whatever. But it was very specific information. And my point was that regardless of their incentivization, is everybody that went through it, they got their email address and they got all types of all types of really actionable information or for them, for this company, how or with what kind of product to launch in the future, like what maybe a, a different style of dress than they were thinking of. But they also have a warm audience to go after too. So inputting quizzes either through social media or advertising or email campaigns, it's a great way to engage with your audience and to get some really valuable information as well. Yeah, it's a fantastic point. I actually, I'm a huge fan of, uh, I don't know if you listen to, to, to them, uh, Marcus, but I always talk about it as uh, Neil Patel's uh, marketing podcast. Mm-hmm. And they actually were just talking about this, how quizzes are like a really, really good way. Uh, I think they said that it like it boosted conversion or like, uh, uh, you know, leads by like 20% or something. Um, all you have to do is when you build those quizzes, make sure they're relevant to the people who are taking them, of course. And then, and then um, you know, if possible, give them something of value at the end. Like, like, hey, Take this qu- this beard quiz to know like what you know what product's going to work best for you, and if you do that, you're going to get fifty percent off. Or ooh, my chair just snapped out of. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, give them give them something of value at the end of the quiz, so that you know they're they're like even more so willing to to go through those steps. Um, and then you get their you know then you get your their contact info, and you can follow up with them, and then you know that they're also a beard man because somebody who's not a beard man is not going to go through that trouble to you know. I am not a beard man. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. But Amy, in your case, then it would be like, you know, um, you know, what do you do with your kitty litter? You know, do you do this? Do you do this? Do you do this? Do you do this? Well, what about if you did this? And guess what? You get 50% off. You know, thanks for yeah. filling out this survey or whatever, you know, like, or not a survey, quiz. It's technically a survey, but, you know, you're getting people, you're gamifying it. So people are like, you know, a lot more happy to do it. Um, Lori's asking, so first Philip asked, do you find it necessary to run maintenance launches on competitive keywords? For example, top five products for a keyword doing a hundred sales per day, but you're doing 50 sales. Would you run an extra 20 units per day until the sales increase naturally through other keywords? I mean, kind of answered the question. I mean, he kind of answered the question himself. Like, I mean, if you're not converting on those keywords and yeah, like if you're at the top of page one for a keyword, then there's nowhere else you can go. So then you kind of move on. So if you're, if you're not happy with the placement or the sales that you're getting per day, then yeah, run a maintenance launch. Um, again, it's, it's a business decision. Like how much is that 20 sales per day, every single day? You know, if, it, if it's beneficial to you, if you can see the ROI at the end of the funnel or the end of the tunnel, then yeah, do it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, you can do maintenance launches. And the other thing, uh, which Amy knows that I love to do for my products and I tell people to do all the time is, um, you know, we don't really do, I don't do a ton of maintenance launches, but what I do is just constant traffic. So from a source, you know, one of my favorites is Google. You want to just keep sending, uh, you know, traffic and signals to Amazon that, that, uh, you know, that those keywords are relevant and that people are coming to your listing with using those keywords. So um, definitely uh, something that you want to look at, or you can, you know, once again, you can do, you know, technically like a mini launch, you know, it was like every week, you know, just give 10 away at a discount and then, and then drive traffic from another source as well. Um, you know, that also works, you know, just, you know, try to be creative test, 
I know Marcus thinks that his, his, his testing is his, um, you know, his scientist mentality is bad, but it's actually not. It's fantastic because that's how you really find kind of the gems and you find out what works. I mean, that's, you know, when I started Amazon, there was no courses. There was nothing to teach me. How I learned was just trial and error. And because of that, that's how I learned so much. And, um, and I've watched Amy grow so much just by her doing trial and error. And she's one of those people too. Like, I feel like the most successful people on Amazon are those people who are doing the trial and error and putting in the time um, to do those trial and error um, tests, no matter what it's for, whether it's PBC, whether it's launches, whether it's listing optimization, whether it's your, your main photo, all those people that are, are, are turning dials are the ones who are successful. Yes, agree. Well, dinner smells delicious, Andy. All so. right, I'll, you can bow, bow out. I'll try to, to, to uh, get some of these other questions. Thanks a lot, Amy. <laughs> Good to You're meet welcome. you, Amy. Take care. Yeah, it was nice to meet you. Thanks for joining us. And and, and tell tell your daughter, I don't know which daughter it was, but she did a good job on her chores in the background there. Carrying the cat around? No, no, it looks like she was like sweeping or mopping or something. I'm going to have to show this video to my son. um, You're six now. Get to work. She's probably just eavesdropping like, what are you talking about in there? I'm just going to sweep here in the background. There you go. There we go. All right. right. Thanks, Amy. I'll see you later. And Marcus, um, uh, you can you can bow out whenever whenever you want to, whenever you want to as well. I'll keep going and, and building these questions. I know that you uh, you're kind of like me. You kind of enjoy this uh, shop talk. I do, I do. Um, but yeah, I was going to touch on Casey's uh, follow up question sure. about inserts. He's, have you found offering free or hugely discounted hard good opt in offers work best for product inserts versus using soft goods? So. Hard good versus soft good is for people who don't know is maybe like an ebook would be a soft good and then the actual product would be a hard good. So um, I I know of several people, some larger clients that are doing this and they're getting a lot of success out of it. You have to be careful about how you do it. It's all in the language and how you do things. Um, People used to think that you couldn't send out more than two or three emails or you can only send out one email and then you get banned by Amazon and stuff. It's the language and how you talk to people. I know people that are giving out free bottles of whatever. This works really well for supplements. They're so giving out free bottles um, for every product that somebody purchased. Like it's on, it's literally on the, on top of the bottle. Hey, go here and get your free bottle, next bottle free. So that's an easy sell. Um, you have to be careful about that and why you're doing. Like, of course, you're doing it for a reason, um, but you have to be careful in the language and how you do that um, because. If Amazon finds out that, like most people do that to get reviews, um, because throughout the language sequence, which I won't really get into, is like people, you you get into a, a system where people by by nature, like they either they they feel, um, I think it's through like the process of reciprocity, like I, oh well, you gave me a free bottle, now I have more of a. a, a um, now I want to leave you a review or people almost feel guilted into leaving. Re- yeah, I'll leave a review. They gave me a free bottle that you're not supposed to do that. Uh, so that's where it's this kind of this gray area, but it, it works, but you have to be very, very careful in the language. You have to be very creative about it and how you talk to these people because yeah, it can I mean, be in trouble. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, a, 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 if you want to, if you want to play it safe, um, like I said, what you can do is you can offer like a warranty, and then when people register, um, you know, you, you, you make them give, give you your, their email address and you make sure that you say like, we're going to send you your, your um, you know, confirmation of your warranty to your email address. That way they can't give you a fake one. Um, and then what you can do after that is now that you have the email address, then you can go back and follow up with them 
Amazon says you can't follow up with them to leave a review on Amazon, but there's nothing stopping you from emailing them directly. Or if you have Marcus talking about like a ManyChat flow, um, all those kinds of things. The only thing you have to be careful with is you can't combine that with, uh, you know, you can't combine that and say like, hey, we will give you a discount if you leave me a review. Um, you know, yeah. you, you can't combine those two. That's when you start getting no. into trouble. I, and I have a different opinion on, on how, um, how you talk to people outside of the Amazon ecosystem. For example, if I'm running Facebook ads to, for either lead generation or driving people to Amazon, in my opinion, I can talk to them in a different way than the way I talk to them through the, uh, the Amazon emails, follow-up emails. Um, it, because in my opinion, that's my, that's my customer. I decided to send them to Amazon. I could have very well sent them to Walmart or Jet or, or wherever or my site. So um, I personally, at brand owner to brand owner, I talk a little bit more loosely outside of the Amazon ecosystem than how I talk to them in email sequences. I'm not recommending that because you have to, you have to be very creative. Again, you have to be very creative in the way you talk to people. Cause I still don't say, Hey, if you, if I give you a discount, will you leave me a review? I still don't even, I don't even say anything close to that, but um, there, there's people that'll disagree with me with that. And that's fine. It's okay. I'm not saying I'm right. It's just, you can be creative. You have to be very, very careful in how you talk to people. That's all. Yeah, absolutely. Can you put a quiz offer link in your insert? Um, uh, I don't see the point. Yeah, I don't really either. So, so, and just to follow up really quick on, on, on what Marcus is saying. So the way that I look at it and the way that I think Amazon is going to have a really hard time with, uh, especially with product inserts, trying to um, kind of police, you know, those things is think about like the big brands. If you buy a big brand, like when you, when you take out their, you know, when you take the product out of the packaging, there's almost always some kind of promotional thing or, you know, something from those big brands. So I think you would have a really good case with, with, um, you know, if you got into trouble with those kinds of things with Amazon and, and even possibly with a lawyer, if you ever had to go that far by arguing and saying like, you know, you, you're not targeting big brands, but you're targeting me. Um, yeah. You know, that, that would be something that you, you could, you know, really make a, a strong, um, you know, argument on what I did personally, which, you know, to me, it, everybody's really afraid to talk to Amazon. Um, Amazon has started to realize that there's a lot of, especially now that Walmart's starting to grow and there's all these other people who are, who are going to start nipping at Amazon's heels more and more every single year. And they know that. So they're, they're finally starting to treat their sellers a little bit more with, with a little bit more value. Um, but what I did was literally attach my product insert to a seller central ticket and said, Hey, is this cool with you guys? And they said, yeah, it's fine. And then I took note of the ticket number. So that way, if I ever get in trouble for that product insert, I've now got a record from Amazon saying buying off on that product insert. Um, so that's something you can do. So even if you're like, you know, it, if it's so in other words, push the envelope and send them the, the, the insert. Cause when I sent them, I was like, Oh, I don't know if they're going to approve this. And they're like, yeah, it's fine. Push the envelope on the first try. If they say, no, you can't then edit it a little bit, send it again. Once you get one of those seller central people to be like, Hey, yeah, that's, that works. Um, you know, then you, then you have something to go with seller performance. If they nab you on something, you can say, Hey, wait a minute, here's this leverage. Exactly. Here's this ticket with the, with the actual insert attached saying, you know, this is what we included. And you guys said it was cool. Like, you know, what what are you talking about? So, um, that's kind of how I did it. No, no, that's, I mean, that's, you told me about that a while back. I think that's a great, a great thing to do is just confirm that it doesn't mean that everybody that you talk to in seller support is right a hundred percent of the time, but 
it's like Andy said, it's leverage because you can go back and be like, Hey, I was only doing what I was told I could do. Um, you know, and then a lot of times what I've, what I've, um, if I've, uh, so I got into a little bit of trouble with reviews back in, uh, right around prime day. But what I always try to do is like, what should to give me action steps on what to do? Because a lot of people in tier one, solar support, they don't know how to answer that. They don't know what to tell you. So they'll either just ignore you. Well, they can't even ignore you. Like they get measured on how quickly they close the ticket and ticket resolution and all those, you know. Um, but I got into a, a, a situation where I ran a launch, I launched a brand new product, and I got uh, I got four reviews. I promise you, four reviews in one week, but they were all tied to a large discount. And they put me in the doghouse where nobody could leave any type of review, even if it was for a full price purchase. So I was like, hey, what's the deal? Going back and forth, back and forth. And I kept asking them, okay, I understand. Like they, they wouldn't give me a clear answer. I was like, I understand now that these were tied to a large discount because they weigh things. They, Amazon wants a natural buying experience. But I kept asking them, what's, what's the next step I do here? And they kept saying, there's nothing to do here. You know, one guy even said, we're going to close this ticket. I created another one and I referenced the old one. I'm like, listen, I really need to understand what I need to do next. How do I, you know, and finally they're like, Hey, we resolved this, blah, 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 blah. They, they fix it where people could leave a review again, which is all fine and dandy and everything. But my point is, is when you constantly ask them, what do I, what do I need to do? And if it and, and put it in the frame of mind of what, what do I need to do to make the customer experience um, as best as possible? Because that's what Amazon wants. If they see that, if they get that language from a seller, instead of like, hey, asshole, turn my listing back on because you guys suspended, you don't know what you're doing. Like that won't get you anywhere. Yep. Honey, honey works better than vinegar. In every interaction with Seller Central, that's the case. And um, not only that, but um, because like you said, the tier one support people, you're going to get a different answer. If I don't get the answer I like from one support specialist, I'll just keep reopening the ticket. Um, and, and keep questioning them. Now, you know, don't be a dick. Like Barca said, you know, treat, I always try to treat the Amazon employees like, you know, like, you know, thank you, sir. Like that, you know, always grateful and, you know, things like that, because there's no reason not to, you don't have to, you know, kiss their ass, but you know, you want to be cordial and treat them well, even if you feel like you're getting screwed, which a lot of times you are, um, because you're going to get much better, um, you know, much better results with, with, uh, you know, treating them treating them with respect and, and, you know, trying to, trying to get, uh, you know, get your way with, like I said, with honey rather than vinegar. Yep. Um, uh, I'm going to help you answer this last one. Then I am going to bounce because dinner's right. ready here too. So Alrighty. Um, David Jones asked concerning a relaunch. If you had a product that did terrible for the first six months, three and a half stars, 50 reviews, and you shut the ASIN down to make improvements after improving the product, would you relaunch with a new UPC ASIN or relaunch with the old ASIN with the existing reviews? Um, I, I would have to look at the listing to make a, uh, you know, a really calculated answer, but I mean, you got 50 reviews, you know, that's solid. They're three and a half stars, but they're not one and a half stars. Right. Um, I don't know if I would create a brand new one. I, I might just try to relaunch it and have a strong review, uh, follow up sequence in place, whether that's one email or five. Yeah, um, that, that's a great point. I agree with Marcus. I mean, 50 reviews nowadays is really, really hard to come by. And that's a, a those are reviews are, are a bigger signal to Amazon now since they started cracking down. Um, what I would do, and we've actually, we actually had this um, problem with one of our products is we simply did a product insert that, you know, that said, Hey, if you have any problems, contact us first. Um, like I said, that was completely within terms of service. And what I did was, um, and, and I suggest lots of people do this 
is you can't link outside of Amazon. But what we did is we put a QR code that links directly to our storefront contact page, which is completely within terms of service. So if they have an issue, they go to my Amazon storefront and email us through the Amazon storefront um, directly, which is completely within terms of service. And all of a sudden, you got a happy customer. Amazon loves that. When they saw my product insert, they, the, the, the email I got back was like, thank you so much for, like, like Marcus was saying, if you treat Amazon customers like gold, that's Amazon's main concern. If you're treating customers like gold, no matter, like almost no matter what you're doing, they'll be happy about it. They wrote me this like glowing email back, like, thank you so much for thinking about taking care of the customer, blah, 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 blah. They loved it. Um, so that's definitely something that, that I would do is change, you know, maybe change the packaging a little bit to something more premium. That also could make a huge difference. Um, change the packaging and then put an insert front and center. So like when they open the box, it's the first thing that's, that they see that says, Hey, not happy contact us, you know, like right away. Um, and I, I guarantee you, you'll be able to turn that 3.5 stars into, you know, four or 4.5 soon enough. Um, all right, man, I'm going to run. I, um, I do need, I want to talk to you maybe later tonight about PPC if you got time or yeah, well, so I'm, I'm in the office for another two hours. So just, um, just okay. me on Facebook when you're back. Yeah. We, we can catch right. up afterwards and, and, uh, I can try to help you, uh, help you with that, all those PPC cool. stuff. And then like all I said, right, I want to talk to you about that trademark idea too. Yeah, absolutely. All right, um, man. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you so much. I enjoyed yeah. this. I want to do it again. Hey, Marcus, really quick before you go, like plug yeah. the, uh, six leaf, like what well, any, and like, like blogs, like social media, like any like that you want to, Yeah, you're not a big plugger. Just like me. I, it's like, I almost like hate to, yeah. plug, but you know, let people know. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the, uh, you can find us at sixleaf.com, and he was talking about our blog. Uh, it's, we, we try to focus on data driven, uh, information, not saying other stuff isn't, isn't good or bad. Um, but sixleaf.com forward slash blog. You can, uh, we have our, uh, our, uh, private Facebook group. that's really engaging. Uh, it's brand owners. If you just type in brand owners by six, that you can find it in Facebook. Um, you know, if you want to shoot me, uh, shoot me a message, you can shoot it to Marcus at six sleep.com. And, uh, that's it. I, I could plug a, a, a ton of stuff. So. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I want to do it again. Hey, thanks again, Marcus. And then, uh, yeah, one, one last thing is you have an open invitation. We do these um, every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific. So whenever you want to jump in, please do. Cool. I want to talk about conspiracy theories one day. Well, so, yeah. So, so Amazon-esque. There we go. Um, yeah, that's a good idea. So next week, I think we have um, – who do we have next week? It's uh, – let me check the schedule here. Right. Somebody good. I can't remember who it was though. Let me look, 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 look. It is, of course, my internet's being super slow. It is, oh, Fernando Cruz. Do you know Seller Tradecraft? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. So Fernando's going to be jump in. Yeah. So, so, yeah, feel free. You're welcome. All right, invitation, man. Cool, cool, cool. All right. All right take thank care. Thank you so much. Thanks Enjoy for everybody listening. Bye. All right. Later. All right, everyone. Well, I'm going to jump off here in uh, the next few minutes as well. I'm just going to take any last minute stuff. Um, once again, I'm going to unmute everyone because I, I like I like at the end if you if you want to jump in and, and uh, say what's up. Or actually, you can unmute yourself if you want to say what's up or en enable your video or anything like that. Feel free. Um, if not, I will jump off. Um, recording available? Yeah, there always is. We always do a replay. It usually takes us like a um, like a week or so to edit the video and then post it, but it'll be in my group, which is uh, Amazon FBA Titans. Um, it'll also be at Amy's group, which is uh, amazing at home. So, hey, Trudy. Hello. Where are you from? I'm in Fort Myers, Florida, where it's semi-warm. Awesome. Yeah, I'm in California, so we're lucky. I'm at uh, 65. You probably got me beat, though. I have no idea what was in the 40s this morning. Oh, wow. All right. Well, we might have you beat then. 
Cool. Okay, thanks for jumping on. What's four days in Celsius? I have no idea. Hi, everybody. Hey, Lori. I think we might have everyone beat, <laughs> but I don't know Fahrenheit very well. It's just hot and sticky. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Well, what Laura, is that like? Lori, where are like, you? Are you in are you in New Zealand or Australia, I'm guessing? No, we're in Aruba. Aruba. Oh. Remember? Aruba. That's right. I do remember. Yes. That's right. That's right. But you're, you're you're from Canada originally, right? Yeah, we're still from there. The mail still goes there. Businesses are headquartered there, etc. Um, we just try to stay a little warmer for the winters and till the money runs out, it's been working for a few years. So there you go. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna you know I, I was born and raised in Hawaii, so uh, my my yeah. goal is uh, by my 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 personal goal is by 2020 we're gonna have our vacation home in Hawaii. So oh yeah, that's a gorgeous place. Which yeah. island? Uh, I was raised on the Big Island, so Hawaii. Yeah, perfect. Know, uh, yeah, we're well, like, where are you from? I'm like Hawaii. They're like, what island? I'm like Hawaii. They're like, well, I'm confused. <laughs> no, <laughs> the, no. The biggest landmass, the one that when you look at the the map of the Hawaiian Islands, it's the big one. That's a good one. Either that one or Kauai, and I think you've got life pretty well made. Yeah, the big islands and Kauai are yeah still a little bit more sleepy. The other islands are getting really, really crazy busy. So too crazy, too crazy yeah. for us. I mean, we went, we went and spent a several months in Waikiki, and we're like, get us out of here. Yeah, no, yeah, Oahu's definitely not my my bag of tea. Not. No, no, good to see once. You know, you've been there. Okay, check. sure, but yeah, yeah, the big yep. island's beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks. Indeed. All right, guys. Well, it was great talking to you. Anybody else want to jump in real quick? Say what's up. <laughs> and like I tell everyone, hey, this, um, is, uh, this is Chris Rampy calling in from Seattle. Um, I just wanted to say, Andy, uh, tagging on to what you'd said earlier about anything that you could do to improve the customer experience. Uh, they, they the uh, customer service associates love that. Um, <clears throat> when I was working at Amazon uh, a few years ago, we actually were required to take a customer service uh, call day where we just sat in on customer calls all day long. And the emphasis of that entire experience was to show us how much care and how much expense really goes into each one of these contacts that they have with customers. So yes, I love the fact that you know you're you're pointing out making a customer experience better is something that they are always going to be behind but more importantly perhaps what you have actually done by inserting that little you know contact us first is drive traffic away from their call center oh. to your own first you know response uh, triage kind of a, a customer service center and that is one of the number one cost drivers for every team at Amazon. And they are constantly aware of that metric. So anything you can do to drive the calls down, the customer, customer service calls down, is a win for Amazon. Hey, Chris, thanks, thanks so much for that input. I really appreciate that. That's awesome to, to get the, the insights um, you know, directly from, from somebody who's been in the, in the trenches at Amazon. And, uh, yeah, like, like I, you know, like I was saying, like, you know, people get, and I'm super guilty of this myself is get pissed off at, at, you know, at seller support and things like that. And, you know, what people need to realize is it's, it's a huge corporation. And, you know, the, a lot of times the, the seller support, um, you know, employees are just following, you know, uh, procedures and systems that they're, they have to follow. Um, but they're still humans and they're also still, you know, they're open to, um, you know, if you suggest something that's a good idea, they're all for it. Um, you know, they're, they're 
people too. And they, their end goal is not to, you know, make your life hell, which a lot of people think it is, but you know, it's to work with you the best that they can within their uh, parameters. Yeah. Hey, thanks again, Chris. That's, that's awesome. And, and uh, yeah, join us again, please. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for putting this together. Yeah. My pleasure. All right. Anybody else? All right, guys. Well, um, as you all know, this is um, every we do this every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, which if you don't know what that is, it's just think of Amazon time or Google time. We're the same. That's the easiest way to remember. I always see like I get uh, email notifications when people jump into the, 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 this, uh, this meeting. And it's always like I get them all times at night, like days and things like that. So I know people are looking at their local time. Just remember when you jump in here that it's, it's specific time. So make sure you got uh, 1 p.m. Pacific time on Tuesdays. Um, to catch this live. We also do the, the um, you know, we, we repost it on, on all the different social channels. And uh, the other cool thing that we do after the fact is we cut um, the segments down to like question answer and then each of like the points and things like that. So it's, it's very digestible after the fact. Um, once we get the this, um, seller roundtable, seller roundtable um, website set up, we'll have it all posted. So you'll literally be able to go click into the episode and then click into like a sub part of the episode to see like a specific clip which I think you guys will really enjoy because then you can really drill down if there's something you missed one time or, um, you know, a question that you're trying to get answered. Um, that'll be really helpful. So, um, let's see, let's make sure I got everybody else. Uh, Lori, uh, six leaf. Um, it's, it's, it's actually spelled out like S I X, uh, leaf.com. It's a launch service, uh, similar to my launch service, which is AMZ blitz. Um, there's viral launch. If you search, you know, Amazon launch service, you'll find a ton of them. Um, but, uh, like I said, six leaf, even though they're technically a competitor, um, I, I, if I wasn't using my service, I'd use theirs. They, they, um, you know, they do a really, really good job over there. Um, especially with like, uh, drilling down, you know, data points wise and, uh, uh, kind of being, you know, uh, customer focused and, and, uh, giving out really great data for free. Um, that's definitely who I would pick. Um, so, uh, Pratesh, uh, um, if well, uh, recording, yes. Uh, like I said, it's in the FBA Titans group or in Amy's group, which is um, uh, amazing at home. Um, insert email us if you have problems. That is a QR code. So like if you go to your Amazon here, I'll show you real quick. Uh, let me share my screen here. So if you go to, everybody see my screen? Yes. Okay. So if you go into uh, the storefront, so what you would do is you would provide... Okay, so if you go here, you see there's a ask a question button right here. What I do is you, you take this URL, you copy it, and then you go to a, a free, you can just type into Google free QR code generator, and you paste this in, and it'll literally create a QR code from this URL. So if somebody scans that with their phone, it takes them directly to this page, which they'll see your brand here, and then they'll see this little button that says ask a question. Um, so, and I think you can, I think this, um, uh, you can also provide your phone number too if you want to talk to them directly. Um, I don't, so I don't include the phone number. Um, but um, you can use this "Ask a Question" button, and then then they'll click that, um, and it'll open a uh, uh, an email directly to you. So you're 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 catching them before they get mad at you. It also shows them how good you've done. Right. Yeah. It also shows your not only that, but um, you're sort of you're sort of marketing them indirectly as well because if they if they say for example they liked your experience like. A lot of times, uh, you, you don't always get gripes. You'll get people who follow up and say, hey, you know, I bought this product in the past. Do you have something similar for this? Or I want to reorder it or I want to send you know, it to my sister or you know, whatever. Do you have a product recommendation? 
so you can see down here there's a also your the products tab here which will take people to all your products so it's sort of like a little bit of a marketing um you know thing as well um but you know like i was saying amazon loves it i love it <laughs> i've had one person come back and buy the same item three times yeah yeah it I've happens sold 36 of the items yeah but she's bought quite a bit of them yeah absolutely yeah it's it's a good way to do it all right let me make sure that stop my screen share so i can see any more questions all right that looks like it guys i'm gonna get going like i said i always use my bladder as my guide and uh i've been <laughs> i've been drinking my uh my iced tea as usual during this this session so uh it is time thank you guys so much again and um uh if you want to reach out to me uh the fba titans group i always try to stand there and answer if not um, I'm usually pretty available on, um, on Facebook. You can just message me directly. Um, if you can't get me there, last but not least on the sellerseo.com website, uh, there's like a live chat, um, option. You can drop your questions or, you know, anything you need in there as well. And I'm happy to, to help you. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's it. If you guys want one-on-one -on -one coaching, um, I do offer that. Um, uh, there's, we offer a free 15 minute consultation. Like if you just want to, you know, if you just want me to look over your listing and like give you some tips, things like that, we can do that. We also have paid coaching if you want longer sessions. Um, we do that as well. Um, and then uh, if you're a sellerseo.com member, you get, um, you get uh, free 30 minutes coaching. So um, anyway, um, have a great day and um, we will uh, talk to you guys again soon. Take care. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at SellerRoundTable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, SellerSEO.com and AmazingAtHome.com.